You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. Welcome to episode 65, my friend. It's Christmas week. Now, in my family and community, that's a big deal. But if you celebrate something different during the months of November, December, or January, happy holidays to you. I pray that you find joy and peace in the season as well. In our Christmas celebrations, though, we celebrate the joy of the season. I mean, we sing songs about it, we decorate for it, and literally with it, like, The word joy is on just about everything. From where I'm sitting in my office, I can see at least three things that have the word joy on them. And there's a reason for that. It is a big piece of the season. And we're always looking for things that stimulate our joy or bring joy up in us. And they give us excitement and they fuel what we do on a daily basis, right? That's what joy does for us. I like to talk about joy in terms of maybe a champagne, a glass of champagne where it just kind of bubbles right on up, right? But what if you don't feel joy? Or what if you don't feel excited? Well, honestly, that might be a whole other conversation, but I'd like to suggest, give me a second here, that you might be looking for it in the wrong place. Or maybe you have unrealistic expectations of what joy is or where it comes from. Now, keep in mind, and I want to be clear here, I am not talking about Christmas joy anymore, right? I am talking about the excitement or joy that fuels your dream, your passion, or your goals. Even when there might not be any external joy or excitement or wind for your sale. As a reminder, intentional optimism is both a personal growth philosophy and plan. It's a set of attitudes and mindsets through which we accomplish our goals and mission. Every single person listening and every single person out there has a different calling, a different path. What we do is unique and different. The tenets of intentional optimism, this is where we're like-minded. This is how we do what we do. In my last solo episode, I walked you through all the tenets and how or why I described them with a sailboat analogy. So feel free to skip back to episode 63 and catch up. Now, as a brief summary, the six tenets of intentional optimism, in case you don't know them, are optimistic, which includes hope, confidence, and being proactive, present, which includes a sense of wonder, generosity, openness, and kindness, energetic, which is part of what we're talking about today, which includes having a sense of industry and being life-focused and having excitement or joy. Courageous, which is leadership and being adventurous and a little undaunted and resilient. Number five is wise, understanding things, using words in a, w- in a wise way and having respect for all. And then the final one is intentional, bringing it all together in purposeful ways, having a plan and being growth oriented. So that third tenet of energetic, that's your sail on your sailboat of intentional optimism but the energy fills the sail, right? You don't stand there and blow in it. 
You have to take advantage of the energy around you or figure out a way to generate energy from within you. So there are three sequential principles of how you approach your life and work, which make up the tenet of energetic. And the first is an attitude of industry. I went through this in my last solo, so I'm just going to breeze over it really quick. That's just being productive in new and different ways. The second is a commitment to being life-focused. And this is literally what I went into the entire last episode. So pop back to episode 63, which is being life-focused, if you want that full understanding. And today we're going to look at tapping into excitement. And what does that mean? Honestly, I believe that tapping into excitement, and the reason I describe it that way is it's a cycle. I kind of see like this, I don't know, Dr. Strange swirling energy circle, and it's self-perpetuating. The first piece of that is understanding and seeing joy. When you know what you can do, because joy doesn't necessarily come at us from outside ourselves, it bubbles up from inside. So when you see the things that you can do, when you figure out your passion, when you figure out your motivation, when you reach a goal, when you accomplish a task, joy bubbles up, even if it's little, right? It doesn't have to be the kind that sends you like over the moon and dancing on the hills that are alive with the sound of music, right? It's yours. It bubbles up from inside you. So when you say, well, what is my passion? Or what are you working toward? You know, what are you learning? What gets you out of bed each day and makes you move through your day? So let me give you a quick analogy. I have a friend who just received her college degree. After many, many years, she worked a long time without it. But every time we talked, and every time we talked about her wanting a new job, she said, I don't have my degree. I don't have my degree. And I said, well, you could get your degree. (laughs) Because you know me, I'm always looking for possibilities. Well, she just graduated. Literally, her Facebook is blowing up with all these amazing pictures of her in her cap and gown pictures of her cap and gown all over, just it's everywhere. And the amount of joy that she is exhibiting with this particular accomplishment is amazing. And then I went to respond to it. And I, on several of the pictures, I'm like, yay, you, you did a great job, right? So she turns around and texts me. And this is what she said. Thank you, my friend, for giving me a push to achieve more at a time when my days were a bit dark. This is where joy becomes something that isn't just yours. You get to turn around and share it. Me pursuing my passion, coaching, encouraging, learning and growing, gave me the ability to encourage her because I had the energy to do that. She went and accomplished her dream, and now she's starting to share joy with everybody else. So this is the self-perpetuating aspect of figuring out what joy is. So when you find that it starts to bubble up, then you start sharing it, right? Because if it's a if it's like a glass of champagne, the bubbles are coming up and they're coming out no matter what, right? So this is where you get to turn around and share with your family, with your team, with your friends. This is not something you hold inside. Joy rarely stays bottled up. Seriously, it just doesn't. So what we want to do first is figure out when we see it, identify it, and celebrate it. So this is the first piece of the cycle. So this is the very top. Once you figure out what brings you joy, you will realize that you can actually generate 
the joy to fuel your excitement yourself. I know, that sounds crazy, but it's real. If you can learn to identify the things that actually bring you joy, now granted, you're not going to go out and get a college degree every week, right? But those kinds of accomplishments bring my friend joy. So when you figure those things out, the things that cause joy to just start coming up and just you're ready to just share it, right? You can actually do those things or participate in those kinds of activities. Like for me, it's the holiday lights. I need to see holiday lights. I see them downstairs here in my office. I see them upstairs. I love driving through neighborhoods that have holiday lights and it just brings me joy. So what I do, if I want to feel specific types of joy for the holidays, I go look at lights, right? But let me share another little example of figuring out what generates or figuring out what actually brings you joy. For years, my in-laws lived in a little town called Richmond, Kentucky. And when my husband and I met, we thought it was so interesting that my parents lived in Richmond, Virginia, and his parents lived in Richmond, Kentucky. Um, It's right outside of Lexington. It's where EKU is. And they had this lovely two-story Georgian home on this cul-de-sac backing up to these, I think they were just pastures, cattle pastures, but this cul-de-sac was on a hill and their house was at the very bottom of the hill. Every year, she's also a huge Christmas decorator, right? For anybody who goes all out for decorating, my mother-in-law goes all out. She has the Spode Christmas tree china. She uses special holiday um, knives and, and you know spreaders and serving pieces and salt and pepper shakers and napkins and tablecloths. It's everywhere, right? She is huge decorating for the holidays. But when we went to their house, when the whole family would gather there for Christmas, their bedroom was on the downstairs level and all the guest bedrooms were upstairs. And when you went up the stairs, it was one of those that had a turn halfway through and you go up the, and the halfway mark and you turn and you head up. Every year, it was, there was a Christmas tree at the top of the stairs. And honest to goodness, when you're carrying multiple suitcases up there, it was very difficult to navigate. And the railing was just the spindle railing, and we all felt like we were going to fall off. So my brother-in-law and I would just kind of move it out of the way almost every day. And we would come back, and it would be moved back to the same spot where we had to skirt around it at the top of the stairs. And so we would move it, and it would get moved back. And honestly, y'all, it never occurred to us why it was sitting in that particular spot. One year, riding home with my in-laws, my husband and I and my son in the back seat, riding home from a Christmas Eve service, it was dark, we came over the hill heading down into the cul-de-sac, and as we did so, my mother-in-law exclaimed, oh, I just love seeing that Christmas tree every time I come over this hill. And I looked at my husband and I looked at the house like, what is she talking about? Because they did not have a Christmas tree in their yard. And then I saw it. Right above the front door was this octagonal window. And right in the center of that window was that Christmas tree. All these years, we had been moving the tree out of alignment with the window. (laughs) Now, I hope you get a chuckle out of this because we didn't see it. And for somebody who prides herself in like being a 
fairly decent amateur interior decorator, I should have noticed, but I did not. What I did notice was when she said, it just brings me so much joy. And I looked back at my husband and my heart fell into my toenails and I thought, oh my word, I have been destroying this woman's joy for years. We never touched the tree again, ever. Y'all, she knew what brought her joy. So the lessons are twofold. First, what brings me joy is unique. That may have brought me joy if I drove over that hill every evening to see that tree, or it may not have, but the things that bring me joy don't necessarily bring you joy. The things that bring her joy don't necessarily bring me joy. We need to understand that what brings us joy is unique. And now, the second piece of that lesson is that whenever we have something that's unique, even between me, my husband, my son, or even at work, We'll just look at each other and say, this brings me joy. And we know exactly what we're talking about. We both go back to the backseat of that car and remember what it's like to think, oh, I don't ever want to steal someone else's joy. So if we have something that really brings us joy, we just say, this brings me joy. So for me, it's things like decorating my house. Yep. Holiday decorations bring me joy. And I don't decorate for, here's the other piece. It's unique. I don't decorate for all the holidays. I decorate for fall because it's my husband's favorite season, and I decorate for Christmas because it's my favorite holiday. I don't decorate for any other holiday, period. I just don't. I might pull some things out for spring, but nothing else, That the decorations for any of those don't bring me joy. So it's specific. It's unique. The things, other things that bring me joy are playing video games with my son. I know. I'm old. But hey... It's what meets him where he is, and that brings me joy to play with him. Sitting out at my pool, sweating in the hot sun, and then getting in the water and coming back, it just brings me joy. Or we will take bundles and bundles of firewood upstairs and light a fire on a Saturday morning and stay there all day long, just the three of us. That brings all of us joy. So knowing what brings you joy means you can actually do those things or decorate or participate in any of those things and then generate that kind of joy and excitement in yourself. So first, you need to understand it's you. Next, figure out what they are. Once you understand that aspect, here's the clincher. You have the power to generate your joy, excitement, or energy kind of on demand whenever you need it which then fuels your ability to produce. Trust me, this is your own personal power source. Now for me, another thing that I did not share that brings me joy is just doing a happy dance. I am one of those people that if I hear a good song, I'm going to move. And having a middle schooler for a child, that is very embarrassing. (laughs) I'll do it in a store. I'll do it in a restaurant. I'll do it in the car, wherever. I'll do it at school. (laughs) Mom, please stop. But just doing that, right now I'm a little stuck on movie um, soundtracks, right? I like Megan Trainer's music for the Peanuts movie. I love the troll soundtracks. Those kinds of things just make me move my body. And you know what? 
it is a very common understanding that moving your body actually helps change your mind. It like switches your mindset. Rachel Hollis is really famous for this at her at her gatherings and her meetings. She will just shout out like I forget what it is she shouts, but it's basically jump or something and you got to get up and move. And part of that is just reminding your body, "Oh yeah, we have energy and we can do something with it," right? So here's the thing. Sometimes I need to do a happy dance or go look at Christmas lights or play a video game with my son in order to give myself the energy and the joy and the excitement I need to then go do the things that I need to do. Because as much as I love being my own boss, as much as I love doing the things that I do, coaching people, um, teaching here, interviewing people, networking, doing all the things. There are plenty of things I don't like. I don't like doing my books, like bookkeeping. Um, there's Social media can be a little bit of a slog every once in a while. But when I do those kinds of things and generate my own energy, then I have the motivation. It reminds me why I do what I do. Because excitement and joy fuels life, sister. It is your energy. And tapping into it in any way possible powers your world. Remember, energetic is your sail. And this is how the sail works. It captures and harnesses the wind, propelling you forward, setting you on course. So when you hear this, what's coming up for you? Snap a screenshot or just tag me in social media. I'm on most platforms and tell me, I can't wait to hear this. What brings you joy? What brings you joy? Do you know? If you don't, you got some work to do or just start paying attention. And number two, how do you tap into that joy? What is it you do to tap into that joy and excitement to then fuel the energy that you need to do everything else you need to do? That is why joy is not only for the holidays. This is a season where we talk about a lot of joy, but I want you to understand that joy and excitement, it is not just for the holidays. So how are you going to tap into it all year round? That's it for today, my friends. Come back next week for our final special guest of the year who will encourage you to find joy in all the everyday things that you do, especially if you own your own business. Remember, unconventional leaders lead at every level, in any area, using their unique gifts. And you, my friend, are a leader. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you're an intentional optimist and you love this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review with a five-star rating. You can also snap a screenshot right where you're listening, share it to social media, and tag me. This helps others find us and will have an even bigger impact. If you're curious what it would be like to work more closely with me or just to step up as an unconventional leader yourself, I invite you to schedule a free discovery session to talk with me and learn more. Just email me at andrea at theintentionaloptimist.com. If you're looking for an encouraging and uplifting community on Facebook, hop on over and join the Intentional Optimist group, women encouraging women from all over the globe. The community and email links are right here in the show description wherever you listen to the podcast. Until next time, remember, you're the answer. You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations.